Hey everybody and welcome to a brand spanking new episode of the Premier League podcast here on Fandrag Sports. My name is Sebastian Norton and with me is Elliot Niblock. We are polyless as he is enjoying his vacation in Aruba, I want to say. Yeah, I think it was Aruba. It might have been Antigua. Somewhere in the Aruba. Caribbean. <laughs> so is it Caribbean or Caribbean? Uh, I don't know. I've heard and said both probably. I... I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I've never been there, actually. Me neither. Therefore, you can't hate on my pronunciation of it. <laughs> yeah, just like now I have the license to say Antarctica. Yes. Because <laughs> I've exactly. never been there. I yeah, don't know how you say that, it. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, if you've never been to Sweden, you could say Schweden, if you're more German. Uh, or, yeah, I don't know how you would say it. But we're not going to talk about how you pronounce specific parts of the world we're going to talk about soccer and more specifically everything that surrounds the premier league because we're only yeah, we... two days away from the first game of the season yeah it's exciting it's it's funny i'm always you know it, the the premier league season lasts so long compared to most american sports mm -hmm. but then you know, when it's about to start a new campaign again, I'm always just like, gosh, it's been forever. I can't believe it's finally starting. <laughs> yeah, it's been, what, three months I, or so? Yeah, <laughs> which is, in the grander scheme of things, I mean, you know, compared to people who are fans of American football, it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that offseason is way too long. I mean, well, I don't think it is. I mean, you know, it's a brutal sport. You need time to recover. That too. I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't know. The NFL is going to try to extend the season just because they, you know, they just want more money. And all of the hype that they talk about caring about the players is just BS because if they can extend the season or the playoffs by a week each, they will totally do that because it's more millions in their pockets. Oh, yeah. I mean, we see more and more games going abroad there, too. I don't – hopefully we won't see that, you know, Premier League playing games overseas, but – if the money's right, who knows? Well, I don't. Th I don't see that ever happening in the Premier League, but I see that consistently happening for the NFL, and I don't actually personally have a huge problem with that. Um, and that's partially from the standpoint of I get to be a Packers fan, and so the Packers ownership is the citizens of Green Bay and Brown County, and so when the NFL comes knocking and says, "Hey, do you want to give up one of your home games?" then the Packers ownership will always say, hell no. <laughs> no, absolutely not. We're not doing that. So I don't have to worry about my team losing a home game to it. But, you know, whereas proper football or soccer, there are leagues all over the world. There's really no analog for the NFL uh, abroad, at least not at that caliber. I mean, they tried the NFL Europe, which was kind of a cool thing while it lasted, but that ultimately failed. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun here. Like I said, things kick off on Friday as Arsenal takes on Leicester. Arsenal, Segway winning the Community Shield, the coveted Community Shield, on penalties against Chelsea. Partly thanks to Courtois, for some reason, taking one of the penalties for Chelsea. And that attempt was so, so Poor. I mean, it yeah, looked like he was. It was awful. It looked like he was gonna, you know, when he has a dead ball and he's gonna kick it out to his, you know, fellow players. Yeah, that, that's how high it went over the bar. Well, and it was it was a really interesting one for me because, you know, I mean, with the with the penalty order, it's always a little bit of a mix of the manager says, you know, I want you guys taking them, and the players stepping up and saying, no, I want to take this. And so, at first blush, my thought was wow, there's maybe a little bit of bad blood between Courtois and Czech if Courtois is stepping up and saying, no, I want to take this penalty kick. Mm -hmm. But in the presser after the match, you know, Antonio Conte said, no, uh, uh, Courtois is consistently one of the best penalty takers. But it's still, I mean, I, I still don't know for certain, and you know, I don't know that anyone knows who isn't on Chelsea Football Club, whether that was more... Courtois or Conte in terms of Courtois, you should step up and take it, but he sure made a mess of it when he did. Yeah. I, it's weird. I mean, seldom do you see goalkeepers take penalties that early in a penalty shootout. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it ended up costing them. Arsenal won. 
I mean, it is a glorified friendly, but you do get some silverware. Yeah, it's a glorified friendly, but glory is the right word. I mean, you know, like, I, I don't care if you're lifting a dinner plate, if Arsenal beats Chelsea at the end of it, whether it's a plastic plate and knives and forks for a picnic or what have you, you're beating an arch rival in Wembley in a game that, you know, I mean, I think that it was clear that it was clear based on the squad selection, the gravity or rather lack thereof, but then it was likewise nonetheless clear based on the body language of the players and both managers that both of these teams wanted to win this game. Mm -hmm. Pretty desperately, in fact. So, I, yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't put too much weight on it, but I'm sure as a Chelsea fan it was disappointing, and as an Arsenal supporter it was very sweet because we beat Chelsea again at Wembley. Yeah. Like, I don't care that they were without Hazard and we were without Sanchez and Ritzel. Still, it was, it was a fun game to watch. And, you know, even if Courtois totally bottled it at the end of it, uh, the save that he had on the screamer from Granite Xhaka was – I mean, you know, one of the best saves I've ever seen, and I think mm -hmm. it'll it will always will always be that. I mean, in, unless you're whatever he is, six foot seven, you know, you're not saving that goal. Yeah, yeah. So it was one one after ninety minutes, and then it went straight to the penalty shootout. How did you feel about the penalty order? As far as it was one team shooting first, and then and the second team got two in a row and then you went back and you did two in a row for the other team it was i i personally didn't like it i just want to do each you know do every other one yeah i i don't know i don't have particularly strong feelings about it and you know maybe my feelings would be different had arsenal lost the penalty shootout mm -hmm. but to be honest i mean it's just it it's a test of nerve and metal no matter what the order is i mean i think that back and forth makes more sense to me. I mean, it just, it, I, I don't, I don't exactly know precisely how this, you know, ABBAA yeah. form. Ebba. So, I was going to say, shout out to Sweden there. Yep. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. It's, it is, it's fine. I, I don't feel really strongly about it one way or the other. I mean, I think that no matter what order you go in, like, You've got to keep your nerve both from the spot kick and on the goal line, so it doesn't it doesn't change a ton. But I also don't really see the need to change the one and then the next and back and forth. Yeah. So we got to see a couple of Arsenal's new players here in the lineup. Uh, first and foremost, Alexandre Lacassette. He had a what I would say a beautiful shot off the post. Yeah, oh, around, yeah, around the twentieth minute mark, and, uh, and that whole build-up play, like his link-up play mm -hmm. in the build-up to that chance, was also gorgeous. And it was barely—I mean, it was a half chance. He was shooting in the edge of the area and curled it into the post. It was—I—I I was disappointed that he didn't score, obviously, but I thought it was—you know—I—I I really liked what I saw from him. You know, not only in the community shield, but throughout preseason as well. I mean, I think I'm, I'm really excited about this guy. Yeah. And then another new signing that did get on the score sheet. That was Siad Kolasinac. 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 Yeah. The Serbian. Is he Serbian? No, I'm, he's not. He's, I'm a, making he, stuff up here. Yeah. He's, he's a Bosnian international who has spent much of his, the majority of his life in Germany. Oh, there um, we go. So, so he's yeah, Bosnian. He's a, not yeah, he's Bosnian. Yeah. And he is a freaking train, man. Yeah. That, what what was up with that goal celebration, though? That was weird. It was it very was, strange. It was really weird. Yeah. Yeah, it looked it looked kind of like... The, no, I don't even want to say what it looked like. <laughs> it was bad. It was really, really bad. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't going to go there, but I know what you mean. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it was it. It could be described as slightly crude. Yeah, um, a little. A jerking motion yep. on or off. I yep. don't know. Yep, I don't know. I don't know. It was bad. It was double too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I the the description that I heard on um, one of the other football podcasts I listened to was that uh, looked like he was wanking off two giants. <laughs> Okay, we went there. There we yeah, go. We went there. Yep. But but he is a player himself. I'm 
I mean, I was, you know, I was reading about him when we signed him on a free transfer this summer, and I was, you know, excited about him in the abstract based purely just on, you know, just on the things that I read, right? Like, he was in the Bundesliga team of the season last year, uh, you know, reading his stats, he's, uh, he, he is, he's a brick of a man. Yeah. And then watching him play, he is alarmingly fast. For, I mean, he looks like a rugby player, to mm-hmm. be quite honest, in yep. his build. Um, and I'm... I mean, I think he's going to slot into the Arsenal defense very well. And after the match, Arsene Wenger said he kind of wanted to start Kolasinac, but he was a little hesitant since, you know, he has a new signing. But I think that hesitation will have been dissipated by now. Okay. So I'm looking here, and I guess his father was born in Montenegro when it was still... Serbia, Montenegro. I don't know. So I, I knew there was something with Serbia in there. Uh, but yeah, good for him. Though net a goal in the first game. He came in due to an injury on Per Mertesacker. Mm-hmm. Boy, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's old. He's well, been, he's uh, been. What, he's, he's, what do you mean he's old? He's he had old. he had stitches into his face. Like I don't care if you're. You know, 22 or 36. When ah. You get a cut across your face and you're pouring blood. I mean, they, they I don't, like, no matter who it is, he has to come off. Yeah, it does. He's going to keep bleeding and he's not going to be allowed to play. Staple gun. <laughs> if this uh, was hockey, he would be back playing. You know, he would well, be back playing. Oh, yeah. Of course, without a doubt. But, you know, you could say that about almost every major injury that isn't like a torn ACL in terms of football. That's true. And I mean, in some cases we've even seen hockey players play with broken legs. They are tough. And that is going overboard playing with a broken leg, but it it has happened. So, yeah, I mean, it's a different culture. Yes, it is. So before we go into the premier league opening weekend here, we will take a quick look at what is now the, Carabao League Cup, the EFL Cup as it was known last season, and now it's the Carabao Cup until the 2019-20 season. For for all you boys and girls out there who don't know what Carabao is, it is a Thai energy drink. Apparently the meaning is red buffalo. This is all from Wikipedia. So I'm assuming that it's 100% correct. Um, (laughs) The big book is stuff that might not be true. Yeah. Apparently, it's Thailand's second most popular energy drink. With, uh, yeah. So, yeah, they went in. They bought the sponsorship here for the EFL EFL Cup. So now it's the Carabao Cup. And yesterday, we had a slew of games. Uh, Yeah, there were so many games going on. And uh, I'm just going to say that Fulham, they won. Good for them. And Cardiff won. Birmingham won. And today, right now, they're playing a couple more games. Aston Villa, they're up 2-1 to one over Colchester as we're recording this. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But it's the first round. You know, the, the Premier League sides, we got a ways to go before they come in. But oh, yeah. We're Although, on... it's, it's, I'm always surprised every year just how quickly we get into league cup action it's what usually like late september early october when we see the first premier league side yeah something something like that so uh yeah well we're underway and it's it's good to see we also had the uh european super cup the oh sorry the uefa super cup yesterday tuesday real madrid defeating manchester united two to one another glorified friendly with a piece Mm -hmm. of silver at the end of it yeah, and I mean, I have to say that I think that I'll I'll own up that I did not watch that glorified friendly. So Seb, I'll have to defer to you, but I imagine that it was far far less hotly contested than you know two teams that are local arch rivals within a single city, as opposed to two traditional kind of perennial powerhouses of the European game who meet every year or two or three. Yeah, I mean, the worrying part there from a Manchester United standpoint is the tactics from Jose Mourinho. I mean, hasn't that 
been the worrying point since he they took over. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but I mean, going with those long balls and yeah, it it doesn't look good. Hopefully that the quality of the players can sort of make up for it. Uh, there's a beautiful shot of Maron Fellini taking a ball to the face that's been making oh. its round around Twitter. Um, you know, it, he still lines up with Fellini. Or I mean, he came in. He came on for Herrera, but the fact that Fellini still sees playing time is worrying for me. Lukaku got a goal. That's good. Hopefully, he can keep that going. And we'll talk more about Manchester United as we get to their game against West Ham. But first thing is Friday, Arsenal against Leicester, and um, we're gonna take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll preview that game. So stick around. And we're back. We're going to talk about Arsenal taking on Leicester City in the opening game of the season at the Emirates. It's going to be a packed house. Should be a packed house. Mike Dean is refereeing this one. So uh, that can that can be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The, oh, Mike. The last three meetings between these sides have ended one nothing Arsenal, scoreless, and then two to one Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I don't know. I the I've been joking with a couple of my friends via text who are also Arsenal supporters that it's kind of the the there's a perennial gloom about a lot of Gooners <laughs> and and I don't I don't know, man. I'm. I'm excited about this season, and I know that Pauly was kind of jabbing. It's like, oh, yeah, I want, can't wait for Arsenal to win six out of their first seven, so gets all of the Arsenal faithful hopes up, and then they're ultimately, invariably, inevitably dashed throughout the course of the season, which... Hey, I'd rather have that than be disappointed from the start. Exactly. You know, that's I, you took the words out of my mouth. I mean, and, and I'm excited about this Arsenal team. You know, unless... Unless Wenger totally puts his tail between his legs and actually sells Sanchez at the very end of the August transfer window, which, for the record, I do not think he's going to do. I think that unlike previous sagas with you know the likes of Robin Van Persie, perhaps most notably, or even Cesc Fabregas, he's held the hard line of we're willing to let the player's contract run down and then not actually done it, but... The club is in an even stronger financial situation now than they were when we sold Robin Van Persie. And on top of that, he is in a far weaker position as manager. Mm -hmm. And so I think that he recognizes just like it makes no sense at all to sell Sanchez. And like I said already, I mean, I rate I rate Lacazette very highly. Um, I rate uh, see, I'd call the sheet close. I still can't get a handle on his name. Kolasiniak. Kolasiniak? I know the middle is C, but that's all I know. <laughs> um, the Bosnian train. I'm just going to call him the Bosnian yep, train. There you go. I'm, I, I rate both of these players really highly, and I think that they can both have a pretty swift impact in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm particularly excited to see what Lacazette can do playing with both Urzel and Sanchez. You know, like those, those three players on the pitch at the same time We'll see. I mean, Lacazette might end up panning out to be similar to Olivier Giroud, a player who lit things on fire in Ligue 1. And then in the Premier League, he's just kind of a serviceable, quality striker, but not one who is going to be competing for a golden boot or a golden ball anytime soon. But at the same time, I think that there's a decent chance as well that he gets world-class service from players like Sanchez and Urzel, and then he may himself prove to be a world-class striker. And I'm not... The jury's out on that, because he's never had players like Urzel and Sanchez feeding him the ball before in his career. No, and, and he's, so, still, he's still been scoring a lot of goals, despite that yeah, fact. So. And, and I think that he's, you know, he's kind of a... He's like a goal poacher plus, right? Like he, he's not just a pure goal poacher, but that's how he gets a lot of his goals. It seems again, mm-hmm. just like you know, watching him in a handful of games. He his movement in the box off the ball seems really good to me. I'm excited about this Arsenal season, and I I don't see any reason why 
Arsenal supporters shouldn't be going into the first match of this Premier League campaign expecting to win. Yeah. I mean, I really, I rate, like I said, really high. I think he's a phenomenal player. I think that it's, it's just been a personal preference for Didier Deschamps to play with a more of a target man, um, like Giroud instead of playing yeah. a fast, nifty player like like I said, because he's had players like uh, Griezmann. So mm-hmm. I, I and I think that like I said, fits Arsenal's style a lot better than Giroud too. Yeah, no, I I agree entirely, and I mean I know that was kind of Paulie's big talking points, and just like Arsenal splashed all this cash on a player who can't even get ahead of Olivier Giroud in the national team. But to your point, I mean it's a very it's a it's a different team, it's a different manager, and it's a totally different style of campaign. And and I also have to say that I I think that Olivier Giroud leaving before the end of the transfer window is more likely than Alexis, but I don't see him leaving either, and I also think that that's a good thing. I mean, this is this is an Arsenal squad with arguably too much depth on its front line. Mm-hmm. When is the last time we've said that about this team? Well, you know what? Just wait. I mean, this, I'm sorry to burst your bubble a little, but just wait for the injuries. They always come, remember? Well, yeah. No, exactly, but that's what I mean. Yeah. You know, this is a team with Walcott, Welbeck, Sanchez, Giroud, Lacazette, and that doesn't even include the player who I do expect to depart, Lucas Perez. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, those are all players who can and have played as a central striker. I mean, I think, and obviously in varying degrees of success at the top being Lacazette, Giroud, Alexis, and then, you know, Walcott's kind of desire to play and then struggles within that position are well known. Yeah. But this is, this is an Arsenal team that, you know, it, it remains to be seen. And I think that there are, there are major question marks that could be intangible. Well, not necessarily intangibles, but, there are question marks that could be the difference makers throughout this campaign. No. And the two biggest that stand out to me are actually in midfield. You know, right? We've just been talking about can Lacazette really become a world class striker getting world class service. But those two question marks are one, will Santi Cazorla be back in this campaign? When will that happen? And will he be anything like the player he once was? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that. If the, the answer to that question is yes, and even if we only get, say, I don't know, three months out of Cazorla in terms of this Premier League campaign, if, if he's even 85% of the player that he was when we lost him to injury now over a year ago, then that's a huge injection into this team in midfield. And then the other question that I have in midfield is Jack Wilshire. Is he going to be an Arsenal player? Is he going to look like anything similar to his best? I mean, I'm, I, I think that that even though Wilshire is technically at this point fit and in training, unlike Cazorla, mm-hmm. I, I have more doubts about that than I do about Cazorla. But though, I mean, those are two big question marks in Arsenal's midfield, from my perspective. That you know, if we see. If we see major contributions from Cazorla and even minor but significant contributions from Wilshire, I mean, this, like those those could be the differences when we're speaking again in April about, as you said, Seb, you know, when the injuries inevitably come, are those players going to be able to slot in and be effective? Yeah, I think and I, I think we'll that see. you know Cazorla's injury definitely helps Wilshire to stay on the team. Uh, I could see him leave in January, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that he'll leave before the the end of the transfer window here in uh, end of August, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Speaking of their opponents, though, Leicester, they came back to earth last season as they had the worst title defense ever in Premier League history. Uh, they did go out on transfer market during the summer. They didn't really lose anyone of note. Uh, but they brought in Kalechi Anacho. That was their big purchase from Manchester City, 25 million pounds. Then they also spent 15 million on uh, defensive midfielder Vicente Iborra from Sevilla. And then they splashed 17 million pounds on Harry Maguire from Hull. So adding another central defender there, which is good because I, I think we saw Wes Morgan and uh, Robert Huth really take a big step back 
uh, last season, and they are getting up there in age too. So getting yeah. McGuire in, I know he played for Hull last season, and you know Hull they weren't very good, but I think that McGuire, you know, he did what he could on a fairly poor team. Yeah, I mean he'll be he'll be a good squad player for a Leicester team that I expect to be. I don't think that they're going to have a real proper relegation scrap, but I, I expect them to be in the relegation conversation and finish somewhere mid-ish, but in the lower half of the table. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I can see them hovering around 12th or so. I do think yeah. that they have a pretty good, you know, if you look at their attacking options, I feel like they have they are in a very good place. With Iheanacho, yeah. you got Vardy, you got Ahmed Musa, who really hasn't, coming into his own yet you got mm-hmm. islam slimani who i think is a good player and then you got the duracell bunny that is shinji okasaki yeah yeah mm-hmm. i mean i i agree entirely i mean i think it's a a good front line they're just we're they they just their season last year was i think a story of a combination of cracking under the pressure a little bit and then also just an illustration of how good N'Golo Conte really is and how fundamental he was to the success of that Leicester City Championship. Yeah, they also brought in Eldin Jakupovic uh, as the new backup goalkeeper to Kasper Schmeichel, uh, as they did let go of Ron Robert Sieler, who went back to Germany. Um, big thing here, though, is Riyad Mahrez is going to stay. I mean, he's publicly said that he wants to leave, and he's been heavily linked with Arsenal and mm-hmm. with Roma. I mean, I think I I tentatively expect him to go. Um, and I think that he, should Arsenal decide that they're giving up their chase of Lamar from Monaco, mm-hmm. then I, I think they'll probably try to sign Mares. Um But, I mean, to your point, though, Seb, is that I don't, in a way that it felt, you know, it's, it, it's funny because it felt like if they'd lost Mares after their championship, it would have been a huge blow. But with all of those other attacking options, the fact that, again, also in agreement with what you said earlier, I think Ahmed Musa is a fantastic player who hasn't fully settled into the Premier League yet. I expect more good things from him. The fact that they got Iheanacho is also huge. I mean, now they, they can kind of absorb his loss in a way that it didn't seem they could last summer, and yet... Even with him, they struggled mightily last mm-hmm. year. Yeah, so. and, I, and I think that we're all expecting more from Demari Gray. I think he took he actually took a big leap forward last season and was one of the players that actually impressed me on the Foxes, even though they struggled. So he could step up and be that, you know, Mars replacement. So there is definitely options there, and they could probably fetch a pretty penny for Mars too, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the other thing is that I, but I I would be surprised if they got as much as, for example, Monaco are asking for Lamar from Arsenal. I mm-hmm. mean, right? I think that I think it, Arsene Wenger's made it pretty clear that Lamar is his first choice for adding a wide player, but uh, and so therefore, you know, I don't think that they'd get the forty-five for Mares, but they they could conceivably get you know, 25 or 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's just a matter of, do you rather sell into Italy or do you let him stay in the premier league? So, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's, I mean, but you know, who, who knows? Like I, I have a love hate. I know Seb, you love the quote unquote silly season, Yes, <laughs> but I sure do. I, I've got a, a love hate relationship with it. Cause you, you really, you just, you just don't know, but it is, is it possible that Lester, are waiting until they've played Arsenal in the opening day of the season so they don't have to face Mares immediately after selling him and then, you know, offload him after the match. Maybe. That's entirely possible. Yeah. Who knows? I don't. But, no, it's, I... you know, it would make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's not just that I... I just love the whole spectacle of all of it. You know, the Neymar to PSG. I mean, we talked about that last show, and... There's just so many rumors flying around from all over. And it's not just that I'm interested in, in what my team or the teams that I follow on a closely more closer basis, what they're going to do. It's just that, you know, who's going to come into this league and, you know, just Neymar coming into PSG is a big lift for a whole league. Because, uh, I mean, now they get that next big superstar that they've, 
you know missed since Ibrahimovic left. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's just a lot a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. like it's like okay. So this is a very quick side note, but Borussia Dortmund they had their official like uh, team photo, and Emre Moore was not in it, and now it's like oh he's gonna leave. And we'll see what happens. He's been linked together with Inter. So, I mean, mm-hmm. anything could happen. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. The, you know, the, I think from an Arsenal's perspective, not, nobody really saw Mesut Ertzel signing until it was hours away from completion. Mm-hmm. So, I, and that's, this is what I mean when I say I have a love-hate relationship. I am definitely interested to see, you know, who and if we have one of those shock big money twist transfers at the very end of the window, but I just can't be bothered to read the tabloid crap about it in the interim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean it's it's uh, I mean some I bet Liverpool fans are more anxious right now when they read all the silly season stuff surrounding Philip Coutinho as he is being touted as the replacement for Neymar at Barcelona. Oh gosh, and I I like I was I'm so mad. I did a live draft fantasy EPL league mm-hmm. for the first time this year and I was I mean I was driving 8 hours and so I arrived 8 minutes after the start of the draft and because the manager of the league said it to be 30 seconds per pick, we were already Nine rounds in, and I've been auto drafted Coutinho. That uh, that sucks. It really does. Cause, and now I'm like getting transfer offers. Like, should I take Winaldum in exchange for Coutinho? Like hedging my bets in case he leaves. But then if he doesn't, then I've like totally hosed myself. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I don't know. It was. It's that's kind of the tricky thing about playing fantasy sports with. Uh, soccer because players can just be unlike the NFL or major league baseball transferred out of the league entirely. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I had a friend who was texting me about that same thing. He, he got Morris on the auto draft. Yeah. He, he was afraid that he's going to go to Roma. So <laughs> we'll see what happens there. Uh, <laughs> Saturday, we got a good slate of games. Um, three of them are now on the NBC sports gold. So if you're looking to watch Crystal Palace take on Huddersfield, Southampton Swansea, or West Brom against Bournemouth, you need the NBC Sports Gold subscription. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a shame because it seems to me mostly just a way to bleed out a few extra dollars, mostly from expats who grew up Huddersfield supporters who now live in the U.S. Mm -hmm. as, you know, the kind of... Just a little bit of side cash to make in addition to what NBC says is its actual goal of promoting the sport throughout the U.S. Oh, no, it's making money. That's their goal. And Well, that, yes, of that, course. That's why <laughs> they're they, a for-profit venture. Yeah, that, that's why they do this. And, I mean, we've seen that. I mean, just was it yesterday Disney announced they're going to pull all, all their movies and stuff from Netflix uh, with, as a father of a small child sucks. Um, yeah, I mean that Disney's. I'm sorry, Disney's awful. They're an awful corporation, and I I cringe every time I remind myself when I'm watching ESPN that they own them because I, I just I, I think that there's a deep irony that one of the the greatest producers of children's media of all time is also just one of the most like fiercely ruthless capitalist organizations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so they're. Uh, I mean, they said they were going to launch their own, their own thing here. I don't know if it was next year or the year after, but it's. Um, I mean, it. I mean, it is what it is. But it's at, at the same time, I don't want to be subscribed to fifteen different things. Then I might just. Yeah. Then I might as well just get cable again. Yeah. So, yeah. It is what it is, but yeah, NBC Sports Gold is where you're going to have to go for some of these games. Um, but two games on Sunday, that's Newcastle taking on Tottenham. That's the early game. That's on NBCSN, which is followed by Manchester United against West Ham on the very same channel. And that's the game we're going to talk a little bit about here. Uh, West Ham, their big signing during the offseason was, of course, Javier Chicharito Hernandez, who said he may or may not celebrate if he scores a goal against his former club. Yeah, I mean, I 
I don't. I. I. I don't. Uh, I don't get that. I'm, honestly, I mean, I think he should absolutely celebrate if he scores against Manchester United. I mean, it, it's, I, mean I, it, I feel like it's one thing if Wayne Rooney would score for Everton when they get back to Old Trafford. If oh, he doesn't yeah. celebrate, Rooney, that's fine. Ro- Ro- there's no way Rooney's celebrating no. against United. No. But, when, I mean, Hernandez, who cares? I mean, and also, cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but Rooney was always pretty demure in his celebrations against Everton as well. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, he's... I... I've had a lot of ire for Wayne Rooney just as a supporter of a rival club over the years, but I have never questioned the fact that I, I, I mean, I think from a, from at least a purely sporting perspective, he seems to be a pretty principled and loyal guy. Mm-hmm. And I've got a lot of respect from that. You know, I mean, I don't know anything about his personal life to be frank, but when I, I would be shocked if he ever celebrated a goal against Manchester United. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean I, maybe. Yeah. If it was FA cup final, the game-winning yeah. goal in the last second. That's exactly that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, if he's rushed by his teammates for giving Everton their first trophy in I literally don't know how many years, mm-hmm. then yeah, okay, you 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 kind of have to. But just scoring in the league against Man U, no, he's he's not going to run around and take his shirt off. He's he's just going to kind of take the congratulations from his teammates and walk back to the center circle. Yeah. But I mean, in ter- but in terms of this game, I, you know, it's funny. I'm, I think Chicharito is a great signing for West Ham, but I also think, you know, Arnautovic is a fantastic. Addition. Yeah. I was going to say that. So they paid 16 million pounds for Javier Hernandez, getting him in from Bayer Leverkusen. Then they forked up 20 million pounds to Stoke to get Mark Arnautovic. And, you know, they're trying to replace what they got from Paye by sort of bringing in more players. And, yeah, Arnautovic, I feel like he sort of – he hit his ceiling at, in, at Stoke and he needed a change of scenery. I think that he'll get a new fresh wind underneath his his Austrian wings and uh, he can soar like an eagle. I don't know. Um, I th- No, I think it's a really good signing. I thought you were going to switch, uh, stretch to the, you know, Red Bulls Salzburg gives you wings there, oh. but it didn't quite go that far. No, but I mean, isn't that an eagle <laughs> on their coat of arms in of Austria? I think that's an eagle. I, I, I could not tell you. Yeah. Not in front of a computer, so I'm Googleless. Ah, there we go. Yeah, so I think that's a good move for him. He's going to play better uh, and get more out of his uh, potential. Uh, they also brought in Pablo Sabaleta, the veteran from Manchester City, on a free, and uh, then they just finalized a deal for Siad Haksabanovic uh, from Swedish side Halmstabeko for um, around 2.7 million pounds. Uh, for all of you who don't follow Swedish soccer, I can tell you <laughs> that Siad Haksabanovic is a very promising youngster. He did uh, choose to represent Montenegro uh, on international level. His parents are from Montenegro. He was born in Sweden, though. Uh, played attacking midfielder for Halm Stabeko and has done a very good job. I think he made his first team debut at 15. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he was the second youngest uh, debutant in the top flight in Sweden uh, in history. So he, uh, He's been on trials with Manchester United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Aston Villa, Manchester City. Um it was a couple of years, yeah, a couple of years ago in 2015. Um, so yeah, they've signed him to a five-year deal. Don't expect him to take a spot in the team right away, but could be something very interesting for the future. Yeah, I, 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 I think that, I mean, West Ham. We're just speaking about Leicester City and West Ham are another team that I expect to bounce back from a frankly disappointing. 2016-17 campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I think that you know, especially if Arnautovic and Chicharito can learn to play off one another to good effect, and Zabaleta proves to have some left in the tank. I mean, they're they've done. You know, it, it it had to sting to lose Dimitri Payet, but they've done pretty well at this point in kind of turning that money into quality. I mean, I think just. Signing Chicharito for 16 million pounds is one of 
the biggest steals of this transfer window. And mm-hmm. like, let me let me be clear. I don't think that Chicharito is a world class striker, right? Uh, I mean, I think that he is a consistent goal poacher at the highest level. But for I mean, considering the price tags that players are you know are currying of late, sixteen million for a proven goal scorer in Premier League and Bundesliga, that that's that seems to me like a fantastic bit of business for the Hammers. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and they got some options going forward now too. So you know, people that's going to try and service him the ball. You got Robert Snodgrass, you got Manuel Lanzini, you got Arnautovic now, you got Mikel Antonio who had a phenomenal season last year. So yeah, I think they're going to bounce back a little. And then if you said if Sabaleta has something left in the tank, they're good on the right back. Aaron Cresswell, I mean, as long as he stays healthy, he, he's, you know, perennial England man. So mm-hmm. he's a player that I've admired for a couple of years now. And as long as he can stay healthy, he is one of the better left backs in the league. So mm-hmm. we'll see what West Ham can do. And I mean, bringing in Hernandez now, you got Hernandez, you got Andrew Ayu, uh, Diafrasaco, and Andy Carroll as your attacking options. So, and if you're, I mean, yeah, Andy Carroll, I mean, whatever. If you if you're yeah. down a goal late in the game, throw him on, just hoof the long balls, and we'll see what happens. Manchester yeah. United they went the expensive route, of course. They brought in Romelu Lukaku, Nemanja Matic, and Viktor Lindelöf. Um, I mean, two proven Premier League players, and then one Swedish defender from from Portugal. Uh, Lindelof, I think, has looked well in preseason. Lukaku also slotted in well. Matic, I'm really happy they bought him. I think that, you know, like we, we've spoken about before, it, it gives them something that they were missing. Hopefully it will keep Fellaini on the bench. We'll see. <laughs> but, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're adamant of playing three central midfielders, you can do Matic and then Pogba Carrick or Pogba Herrera. You don't, don't have to play Fellaini. Don't have to play him. So, uh, yeah. And I mean, it, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Ted, but you'd probably prefer just a scarecrow with floppy hair to play. Hey, I would I would approve bringing back Paul Scholes from retirement and play him instead of Fellini. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So, uh, yeah, keep him far, far away from starting 11. Uh, as far as players out, Slatan, he was released due to his injury. There was, I saw today, they're, they're apparently talking we might see a short-term contract for Slatan. Oh, really? Yeah, which would be awesome. I don't think Lukaku would be the number one guy up front, but having Slatan around the team and just having the younger players learn from him, and then he can, you know, as long as he can accept a lesser role, I think he could do a lot of good. Wayne Rooney leaving for Everton, of course, you know, club icon, but his days were over. And then you had, you know, Adnan Janusai, whatever he never amounted to anything uh josh harrop left so it, it's no biggie there they send out a couple of players on loan uh we'll i mean i still i don't think it is no it's not official yet but um what's his face i'm blanking on the name now um, mm, 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 yo, he seemed to be on his way to Crystal Palace on loan so which I think could do him good because then he'll play week in and week out yeah which he will not be United no no not at all so we'll see I mean a lot of I was list, I've been listening to a lot of the you know bigger brand podcasts and a lot of people have United back in top four this season and boy I hope they're right well, we'll see. I mean, I think that Mourinho's tactics are still certainly a concern. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that from a pure, especially if they give Zlatan that temporary contract, then I think from a purely just skill point of view, that seems possible, probable even. But I, I don't know. I, the special one may have lost that specialness. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we're going to take another short break and then we're going to be back with our predictions for match day one. So stay tuned. And we're back. It's time for prediction time. Prediction time brought to you by no one. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no sponsor for prediction time. 
<laughs> if you want to sponsor the predictions, you're more than welcome to. Uh, last season, we saw Pauly take a eight point win over you in the end. I was way behind, so I'm not even going to say how many points I got, but Pauly had eight more points than Elliot. Pauly, in his vacation mode, forgot to submit his uh, predictions. So, what we're going to do for this season, if one of us is unable to get their predictions in in time, Pauly still has until kickoff on Friday. But if he doesn't get them in, then we're just going to do a one nothing scoreline to the home team. Yeah, That's, which may have which may have been the difference for me beating Pauly last season. But it, it could have been. I just it could have been. I yeah. I I can't be bothered to go back and you so know, basically keep looking forward. Got to bas- keep looking forward. Yeah, basically <laughs> Pauly's win came with an asterisk on it. So. Yeah, we'll see how I'm things I'm sure he go. would contend that, but oh, hey, of course he's not he here. So. That is true. That is true. So, first thing, Friday, Arsenal taking on Leicester. Polly one nothing. then. Uh, Elliot, what is your prediction for the Gunners against the Foxes? I, you know, I'm going to keep that optimism going. I'm going to say 2-0 to the Arsenal. Mm, I'm going to go 2-1, and I feel like uh, we'll, we'll see a goal there right away from Iannaccio. So two to one Arsenal, and Lacazette also I think is going to get a goal here. So I mean it's a it's a good game to start with. I'm I'm happy yeah. they went with this this one to start the season. Uh, then Saturday morning Watford against Liverpool. Oof, uh, Liverpool. I don't really know what to make of that team, honestly. Yeah. And if they lose Coutinho, that well I mean, he's going to be he's going to be absent due to injury. No matter. Yeah. But I'll still say that they're going to beat Watford, though, because I think Watford's going to have a really tough time this season. Uh, so we'll go 3-1 Liverpool. Uh, that's that's I, I'm going to also go with Liverpool, but I think it's just going to be 1-0. Mm. Geold 1-0. And then Pauly has 1-0 Watford. So there we go. <laughs> Reigning champions Chelsea take on Burnley. Burnley... I mean, we know from last season they're not very good on the road. Chelsea are going to win three nothing, commanding win. Um, yeah, I I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you on that one, Seb. Mm, piggyback three nothing Chelsea. That's okay. Then we got Crystal Palace against newcomers Huddersfield. Crystal Palace have they've done some things here. They got a new manager in Frank De Boer. Um, they shouldn't have any problems with a newcomer like Huddersfield, but we always see stranger things happen, especially opening days and with newcomers. But I feel like Huddersfield is could be the weakest newcomer. It's possible. So, and they they had trouble scoring goals in the championship. That's not a great sign. Not a great <laughs> sign. So two nothing Crystal Palace. Man, Seb, you better be in the running this year because I'm picking on your uh, coattails again. There we go. I, 2-0 Crystal Palace is what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Then we got Everton against Stoke. Stoke, another team that I think might have some, some trouble. Yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Rooney scores on his debut and Everton win 2-0. 2-0 to Everton. Okay, I'm going to go 2-1. I'll at least give Stoke a goal. And then next up, we got Everton, or sorry, Southampton against Swansea. Boy, that's, that's another tricky one. Ah, um, uh, Southampton, Swansea. Is this at St. Mary's? It is. I think I'm gonna let that. I'm gonna say that's gonna be the difference maker and give it two-one to Southampton. Okay, I'm going one-one. Yeah, that was that was that was my other thought. But come on, Saints, mm. prove me right. Then West Brom against Bournemouth. I'm gonna throw it out right here, two-to-one Bournemouth. Ah. Uh... Tony Pulis could. He might actually be the first manager fired this season. Well, I still think he's going to peel us it up and it's going to be a 1-1 draw. Mm. Mm. Then <laughs> we got Brighton against Manchester City. 
Brighton another newcomer. At least they get to start at home with a big game against Manchester City, who's a lot of people's favorite to win this season. Seeing, yeah. Seeing the moves they made and seeing Guardiola's, you know, has a full season of Premier League football underneath his belt. Yeah, I'm not I'm not willing to call City clear favorites yet, but I think that they're pretty clear winners in this match. Yeah, four nothing. I'm going to be a little more conservative and say 3-0. Okay. Yeah, I think that's going to be our highest score line of the opening weekend. Unless Newcastle absolutely lay a massive egg against Tottenham. Because that's our next game. Newcastle against Tottenham. That's the early game on Sunday. Um, and that is that St. James or... I almost said White Hart Lane, but they're not playing at White Hart Lane, are they? Nope. Yeah, it's Newcastle at home. I forgot what they're calling it, uh, but we're going to call it St. James. Um, isn't it St. James Park? Am I wrong? Well, it's isn't it called something stupid because of... Uh, sponsorship? Sponsorship reason? Maybe. I, if it is, I don't care. I'm going to keep calling it that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, tot- Tottenham clear winners... I'm going to give Newcastle a goal, though. 3-1, to one, Tottenham. 3-1. to one. Hmm. Uh, um, now, 2 nothing Spurs. And then we got the last game there. Manchester United at home to West Ham United. one nothing Manchester United. 1-1 one, one draw. It's going to be a boring game, but... At least they'll win. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I I'm giving West Ham a point in that one. I'm going with Polly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how things shake out. We'll see if Polly actually gets his predictions in in time. I'm debating whether or not I should remind him. Yeah, well, he'll you know he's got beach time. Let him let him enjoy himself. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> what, with that, we'll say goodbye for this episode as always you can follow us on twitter i'm seb norin paulie is p Costello wfan elliot is keats was better and then give fanrex sports a follow as well until next time enjoy the weekend bye-bye Thank <laughs> you.